It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last time we chatted with Vanessa from Copper Dust, all about using PR and events to grow her startup interior designs brand. Now, if you want to listen to that, that's episode 94. And you can join in the chat and discussion about that and everything else, e-commerce, in our Facebook group, e-commerce Master Plan world Facebook group and that's at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Now let me get on with things and introduce you to today's special guest. Well, it's a bit of an interesting one today. Uh, we've got Rebecca Clements on the show, who was the owner and creative director of Crafty Pie, an online-only store selling modern wedding stationery and gifts. Now, that business launched in 2012 and Rebecca grew up to a six-figure turnover before selling in late 2016. Gets more interesting, though, because she's just bought Bijou Rose, which at the time we're recording this is uh, a launch in planning stages. And by the time you hear it, we'll be live. So uh, so we've got plenty to talk about today. And I'm not entirely sure where it's going to go, but we will see. So uh, so hi, Rebecca. Hi, Chloe. Thank you for having me. No, it's great. I think this is going to be a really interesting interview. Uh, yeah in one direction or another. So mm-hmm. I've just, just given our listeners like a, a ludicrously quick overview of you, your business history and where you are right now. But how, how did you get get into e-commerce? Right. So um, my first sort of foray into um, e-commerce was um, probably like over 10 years ago now. I was living in England um, and um, was with my ex at the time and we ran an online record store together. Um, I actually used to be a music producer, DJ, so it was um, a passion hobby of mine. So I basically just, you know, did all the fulfillment of the orders and inventory and um, all that stuff. So that was just kind of like the first, you know, experience I had selling anything online. Um, so fast forward to about 2012, you know, um, I, I guess from being in the, um, you know, being a DJ, I was kind of doing everything myself. I learned graphic design and that also became another passion of mine. And, um, you know, I was previously married and I designed my save the dates. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought at some point I'm like, I would really like to do that, you know, like design wedding stationery. Um, so yeah, so 2012, um, I just decided to go for it. I just put some designs together and I, um, listed them up on Etsy and just went from there. Wow. And then that, that Etsy site then turned into its own site. Yeah. So, um, you know, during that period of time between like the DJing and then starting Crafty Pie, um, I also learned web design and I went back to school for web development. So I had kind of that background and, um, you know, I thought, let me just start on Etsy just to, you know, get my feet wet and see how things go. And it started to go really well. So I thought, you know, maybe now is the time and I should design, you know, my own online store and, um, you know, start driving traffic to it. So by the time you came to um, to sell Crafty Pie, was it mm-hmm. predominantly Etsy or predominantly online sales? Um, I would say it was probably like a 60% Etsy and 40% online. 
like through my own website. And actually I had another sales channel, um, like that I started probably the last year of it. Um, there's another website called zazzle.com. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they, uh, yeah, no, like, I know zazzle, yeah. yeah. Um, they started, they have like custom print stuff like that people can um, upload their designs to, but then they also started this new section where they were working with like handmade designers and they reached out to me and um, I had these like custom guest books that I was selling and they wanted me to list them on there. So that was another sales channel that, you know, that worked out pretty well too. That was probably like, um, maybe like 10%. So I guess it was like 40. I don't know my math now. It was like <laughs> 40 and then like, yeah, 40, then 10% and uh, then 50%. No, I guess, yeah, 40% my website, 10% Zazzle, and 50% Etsy. There you go. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, look, what I want to do is we've got kind of quite a lot to cover, I think, with this <laughs> and the, the Bijou Rose as well. I want to say Bijou Rose a little bit till later, but let's yeah. just, just have a talk about how you grew Crafty Pie and how you sold Crafty Pie, which I guess the first thing to do is to kind of just um, just clear up a couple of the qu- other questions about it. So it was, obviously you've been Europe-based for quite a while. So was Crafty Pie an American-based business or a global business? Yeah, so actually when I was in England, I was there for, for three years. So it was like 2004 to 2007. Um, and then I moved back to the States, so that's where I'm originally from. Um, so I'm based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, so yeah, so it was primarily US-based, but I did have customers from all over the world. So, um, you know, I did have some in the UK, some in Australia, um, you know, mostly English speaking because it was mm-hmm. just, you know, because the invitations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, sometimes I did have people that did want me to translate the invitations to a different language. So I did do that as well. Okay, cool. And then the, um, the, the platform was obviously Etsy Zazzle and then your own site. What did you build that mm-hmm. one in? Um, so I'm just really familiar with WordPress from my web development background. So I um, decided on WooCommerce. Okay, cool. And uh, it's weird. We don't have many WooCommerce people on the podcast. So it's always nice to welcome a, week, a WooCommerce person on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed it. At the time when I was researching different platforms, it just made the most sense to me because, you know, one, I was just very familiar with WordPress. I was really comfortable with it and building a site on it. And also just like the customization that was involved, um, you know, with the the designs itself, I had to ask the customers a lot of information when they Mm -hmm. placed an order. And I think at the time, like, I don't know, maybe some of the other platforms got a little bit more sophisticated with that. Like maybe Shopify is better with that. But um, at the time there was, um, it was a Gravity Forms plugin that I used Mm -hmm. and I was able to just get like all of that information um, when somebody placed an order, like, you know, the, um, the, all the text that they needed and the colors and any sort of design changes and what envelopes they wanted and all that stuff. So yeah, there's, um, we had uh, a company on, gosh, it might've been in 2015 now on the, on the podcast, but still a really, really good show and well worth a listen, uh, called mm-hmm. Honey Tree Publishing, who do bespoke stationery. And oh, okay. my word, they built, they had to build a custom platform. They like take it to a whole other level. So yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah it, it's certainly, it's not the easiest thing to sell online. You've got to put some thought into your platform, haven't you? No, I know. And I know like some, you know, some sites, they make it so that the customers can even like, you know, they can input their data and then it shows them a preview right then and there. I personally couldn't build anything that sophisticated. And I didn't really think it took 
too much away from my user's experience. Um, but yeah, like I toyed with that idea, but that was like way beyond my capability. <laughs> <laughs> and, so. and also, I, I think, you know, it it does, it opens a whole load of customer service issues. So you've got to do oh, it right. Oh, you know, if it looks like yeah. this on screen, it doesn't look like that when they get it posted through, then that can exactly, be... Exactly, exactly. So I, I had to send them um, proofs, you know, like a PDF mm-hmm. of everything anyways before anything got printed. So I just felt, you know, it, it, that part of it wasn't like a big deal breaker for my customers. Cool. So it was, along with those Gravity Forms, are there any other plugins or widgets you had running in particular um, on your WooCommerce site? I mean, there was like a few that were WooCommerce related. Um, I know I had like the shipping calculator ones. I can't remember the exact, um, but they calculated for the specific like shipping methods, like USPS and UPS. Um, but I also offered like free shipping. At, you know, I think I toyed with a few different ways of doing it, but it was mostly free shipping. Like they spent more than $100 and Usually that was the case, you know, anybody buying wedding invitations. Um, what else? Oh, Sumo Me was a very, uh, was I think was a very essential plugin app that I use, you know, for email marketing. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, we've heard about that one a few yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was just really good with being able to um, collect um, emails, you know, just build the email list and it, and it, um, it integrates well with like any of the major email marketing softwares. Okay, cool. And uh, I'm running this business. Was it just yourself or did you have a team around you? Um, so it was just myself for most of it. And then probably like towards the middle, um, I hired a VA cause it was just starting to get a bit overwhelming, especially cause I was having, you know, every time an order came through, I had to put together design proofs. So that took up time as well. Um, and like I mentioned previously, I had custom guest books, which weren't too design intensive. It was mainly just maybe like changing the names and a date and maybe a few like colors or something. Um, but I was getting so many of them that I was just spending all this time on proofing. So I finally was like, you know what? I just need to hire somebody for that. Um, and yeah, so I outsourced it to a VA. Um, she was US based. She was great. And, um, I just kind of like, just um, trained her a little bit on it and then just went from there. Cool. For anyone wondering what VA stands for, it's virtual assistant. So someone oh, who, yeah, sorry. Who, that's all right. It's someone who uh, who does work for you, but you quite possibly never meet and you just interact yeah. within the virtual world. Exactly. Yep. Which can be a great way um, if you're trying to free up some of your time to do something else, but you don't have, you're not quite sure how much time you need or you don't have space for someone to physically come and be with you, then um, then it can be a great route forwards. Um, exactly. Okay, cool. So so you were growing Crafty Pie. You got it onto three different um, platforms, the WooCommerce, the Etsy and the Zazzle. How come mm-hmm. you, um, well, how, how did you grow it to the six figures first off? What was kind of your key marketing angles um, on that one? I think, well, for the website in particular, content marketing was just huge. Um, you know, when you don't, when you have time, but not too much of a budget for like advertising, I highly recommend content marketing you know, you can, um, set up a blog to go with it. So I did a lot of blogging, you know, with wedding invitations, you can have a blog that's like all about wedding stuff. Um, so, um, with the, the blog, I was just able to, um, have like freebies that people can come like free printables. I had a lot of those, those are really popular. 
Um, so that drove a lot of traffic to the site. And, um, and then just like, you know, optimizing all my product listings and stuff. Um, and that would be the product listings on Etsy. Well, yeah, Etsy and on like my own, on the own uh, online store on the website. But yeah, Etsy's like, Etsy's, um, Etsio, it's like a whole other thing. (laughs) We're going to try and avoid getting too deep into the Etsy space. (laughs) We'll just stick stick with the WooCommerce side of things. Okay, cool. So it was really about the content and the SEO side of things for you. Yeah. um, And then, you know, having that content um, because of it and just having like um, visual imagery, Pinterest was like the second source of traffic for me. Um, So that was just a big driver of traffic. And because people are pinning like the free printables I had or like the wedding imagery or the, the designs themselves, they were just pinning them and they would just go all over the place. So it was Pinterest in terms of getting people to pin what was on your website to then bring the traffic back. Yep, yep. Okay, cool. Um, and how did you get people to pin the stuff on your website? Because I'm sure there's days people going, yeah, you, yeah, I get that, but how do I get them to pin it in the first place? Um, well, I mean, people, through the blog, you know, people got to the website from there and then they would see like, oh, there's a free printable table numbers. Let me pin this for later. <laughs> and then from there, you know, other people would see it on Pinterest and they'd pin it. Um, that's just kind of like the nature of how it is. But also, I did have a bit of a Pinterest strategy. Um, so I had my own, you know, an account on there for Crafty Pie. And basically, I just set it up, you know, where I had different boards for, um, you know, different wedding related things. So I wasn't just pinning my products all the time. Um, but when I did, I just did it in a way where it was kind of like, I would have a board that was like a theme, like it might have been um, black and white wedding. So every all the imagery was like, you know, black and white. So and then I would have like one of my invitation designs in there. So um, another way too is like, uh, there's a lot of group boards. So you can um, add yourself there to a group board and pin, you know, the, they have different um, rules for the, the groups, but um, a lot of them, you know, allow you to like pin some of your own stuff <laughs> as well as others. So just don't be spammy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The number one rule, don't be spammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So that took you up to, to a solid six figure turnover. Why did you then decide to sell? What was the, the catalyst for that? Um, just to be honest, I was just kind of getting burnt out on the wedding industry. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, um, you know, they approached me and it just was kind of like, uh, just all the stars aligned. It was just something I was getting tired of and I wanted to, you know, do something else. So, oh, so the buyer actually came to you and said, would you sell? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, um, they had acquired another company that I was aware of as well. Um, and then they approached me and it was just kind of like perfect timing. Of course it was a fairly simple process to sell then. Yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't like something I was reaching out to anybody. They actually just came to me. <laughs> they were familiar with the, my company because they were a competitor, you know. So, cool. So quite, quite straightforward, and uh, and presumably then you just kind of found yourself going right. What's next? Yeah, yeah, basically. So, did you take some time off between um, ending that business and buying Bijou Rose, or did you just immediately? dive into something else no I mean I I took some time to kind of figure out like what my next steps were or what I wanted to do um 
And then that opportunity just kind of came along and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And <laughs> it just seemed like a good opportunity and something I think that I was able, that I'm able to grow into, um, a new business and yeah. Okay, cool. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Bijou Rose and uh, what it does, what it sells? Right. So Bijou Rose is a curated marketplace of independent jewelry designers. Um, So, yeah, so it's um, what I like about it is kind of like it's it's specific, it's niche because it's more like modern, edgy, boho jewelry. Because I know, you know, jewelry is, it's a pretty saturated market, especially coming from Etsy. There's a lot of jewelry designers on there. But that was one of the things that really stood out to me about it. Um, And it just, you know, works with independent designers. So for me, (laughs) I don't know anything about designing jewelry. (laughs) So, but being able to work with these designers, um, and it's also like a fully, um, it's a drop shipping site, so I don't have to carry inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one of the other things that was appealing to me about it was like, okay, well, this seems like it'd be a good place to just kind of like start. And then if it grows, I can look into, um, you know, having our own line of jewelry or something like that. But so is it, is it a site you bought that was already trading? Um, so they just set up the site and got all the like uh, the designers in place, but they didn't do anything with it. Aha. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I haven't like, that's why I haven't officially launched it and I'm going to be launching it February 1st. So I'm just kind of like getting everything ready together to launch it officially. So, so it's there kind of just ticking over waiting for, for the big push to come. Yep. Yep. Oh, cool. So, um, so there presumably you've got a nice suite of jewelry designers who've got their products on it. So it's just a case of driving some customers and away it should go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So my plan is to, um, I'm going to start with, um, influencer marketing and social media marketing, um, you know, until the SEO starts kicking in, cause you know, that can take a few months, mm-hmm. um, after you've optimized everything. So that's my plan for it. And, um, where did you find it for sale? Um, so that's actually through a Facebook group of e-commerce really? entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, somebody just posted in the group and, you know, I had a look and I, you know, we had a conversation, got some more details and just went from there. Wow. So just kind of two, two serendipitous moments. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And um, we, we hear a lot of people talking about influencer marketing and it can cover quite a lot of different angles. So what's your, yeah. what's your take on influencer marketing? So what I plan to do since it's um, jewelry and accessories um, is to reach out to Instagrammers, fashion bloggers, YouTubers, you know, that have a big following um, and work with them to, you know, first of all, have them curate content too. you know, they'll be able to create some beautiful lifestyle photos of the products, Mm -hmm. and also to promote it to their followers, um, and then drive traffic to the site that way. Cool. And uh, so it's really is the kind of the core piece of influencer, it's it's getting people who've already got the, the audience to look at the products, use the products. Yep, exactly. And are you anticipating that happening organically or are you anticipating fees for posts or commission on sales? Is there a financial um, reward I for do, those influencers? Yeah, I do have a um, budget for that that I've worked out. Um, so some of them will be paid. Um, 
and some of them, you know, will work out some other form of compensation just depends, you know, if people have a lot of followers, they do expect compensation for that. Cool. And are you going to be doing any, any work with the designers to promote Um, too? Are they kind of a, a, another influencer network of their own? Um, you know, I haven't even thought about that. I should reach out to them and see what sort of, um, you know, audience maybe that they can help promote the site to. Cool. Well, um, for anyone who's thinking of heading down this route, uh, there's a podcast we already have live with um, So Susie of So Susie Stamps, which is, no, we don't have it already live. Sorry, I'm just quickly <laughs> clicking and checking everybody. <laughs> Screw up there from Chloe. Um, it's going to be live in two weeks time um, called So Susie Stamps. And uh, she does stamp designs, strangely enough, and mm-hmm. does a lot of work with people who make things from her stamps. So it's a, a slightly sideways idea, but it's definitely something which, um, which, which is another angle on the whole influencer marketing. Yeah, piece. that's, that's very cool. I can, I can definitely see that being a great way to promote her business. Definitely. Well, so yes, yeah, so there might be some, some legwork uh, you can get your designers to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've saved Master Plan World. It's going to be quite cool seeing how this one develops. As we've kind of had the inside track, so you can all go and have a look at, uh, at um, Bijou Rose to see how how that launch is coming on. And the um, kind of it's is there is is there anything else about Bijou Rose and the launch plan that that you think the the e-commerce Master Plan World might be intrigued by? <laughs> um, I mean, that's pretty much just my plan at the moment. Um... So I'm just excited to see how it goes. I'm really excited about this launch. Cool. And then uh, I did have one other question on Bijou Rose, which was given your background with the WooCommerce and all the rest of it, and obviously you've now Mm -hmm. bought a site that was already built. Mm -hmm. What platform is it on? Oh, it's on Shopify. Uh So what are you thinking of Shopify now you've been introduced? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was familiar with it before, but this is definitely like the first time I have my own site on it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's very, very user-friendly. It's very, very straightforward. Um, there's a few little things, like I'm just getting used to it being different from WordPress and mm-hmm. WooCommerce. Um, but I think it's a great platform, especially for people that aren't, you know, too tech-savvy. They can get an online shop up and running really quickly and easily on Shopify. Cool. And, um, and then where is it going to be based and selling? Is it US specific at the moment? Or are you going global again? Yeah, it's it's US specific, um, but we will ship worldwide. Cool. And are there any Shopify plugins or widgets you've already fallen in love with? Oh, you know, I'm still kind of getting some of those <laughs> things together right now for the launch. Um, but I'm sure there's there's plenty. I definitely want to um, have some sort of um, like a reward system or something like that. I know that there's plugins for that. You know, people buy stuff, they get points or they can share it with their friends, um, that sort of thing. I definitely want to look into that. I know Shopify has some good plugins for that. And are you putting Sumo Me in place again? Yeah, yeah. I just, I love it. It's great for <laughs> that was such an obvious yes. It's like, why, why are you even asking me? Obviously, I'm putting Sumo Me in place again. That's like the one I've already looked up and added to this site <laughs> so far. <laughs> now, I'm guessing that given um, 
See, I've got I've got back in my stride of BG Rose questions now yeah, after yeah. Di- after completely distracting myself by trying to refer to a podcast that isn't yet released. Um, so sorry, audience, for that one. Uh, so back in my stride. So you with Crafty Pie, the you know, the point at which you stopped doing everything yourself was due to the proofing and that side of things, where you uh-huh. got your VA on board. And I'm uh-huh. guessing, given this is direct dispatch you're not going to be involved in too much proofing and that sort of thing. So are you seeing this as a business which you can run solo for a long time or are you already working out areas you might outsource? Yeah, um, well, I definitely think it is a business that has that, um, you know, it's not as, um, like I don't have to do any proofing, so there's no design work or anything like that. But there are areas that I am actually looking into right now to outsource and one of them is copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um because right now there's currently like 130 products and, you know, I, so I want to have uh, product descriptions for each and, you know, optimize all the, the product titles and all that stuff. Cause, um, I don't want to have any duplicate content or anything like that. So, so that it's, you know, optimized well for Google cause they do penalize you for that. Um, so that's one thing I am looking into outsourcing right now, um, in anticipation of the launch, just cause there's so many products and I just, I don't know if I have the time or I'm really that great at copywriting to go through each and every one of them. Yeah, that could um, be like a major time suck, couldn't it? All of a sudden, yeah. um, all the time's gone and a launch isn't really happening because exactly. you spent your entire time writing descriptions of necklaces. Yeah, because there's other things that I want to work on um, in the meantime, especially if I've only got what, like a few weeks left. So um, yeah, so that's one thing I'm looking into outsourcing. And then down the line, um, you know, as it grows, pro- like we'll probably get a VA in place to help with customer service, mm-hmm. um, you know, just some light marketing tasks, that sort of thing. Okay, cool. Well, um, I think we've probably mined your your knowledge of BG Rose at this early <laughs> stage in its development more than enough now. So, uh, so what I can suggest is we move on into the uh, into the top tips round. Yep. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Rebecca, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. Marvellous. Okay, then the book top tip. If everybody listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? That's a hard one. As I do, I read a lot of um, you know, business and marketing and personal development books. Um, can I recommend two? <laughs> this is hard to know. You narrow can down. recommend two. <laughs> okay. Um, so if somebody is just getting started with online businesses in general, I highly recommend the hundred dollar startup by Chris Gillibo. Um, he's just, it, he's a really casual conversational writer. So it's really easy to read. And the books about where he's interviewed, like, hundreds of different online business owners that have just basically started without really investing much up front. That's why it's called the $100 startup. Um, and it just kind of gives you an idea of all the possibilities um, that you can, you know, you can do with an online business and you don't have to put much money up front into it. So I really like that one. And then um, I've been getting really into like the mindset side of things for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just think without that, it's really hard to break through to those levels and just, you know, achieve the goals that you want to achieve if you don't have the right mindset for it. 
Um, so a friend of mine recently recommended this book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakhiani. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but basically this book just kind of like challenges you on all the different conventional ideas about like careers or um, relationships and just happiness in general. And um, he just kind of opens you up to allowing you to like uh, live a life I guess it's just more true to yourself, you know, that's not like based on what everybody expects you to do, you know, like family or whatever, mm. like all those influences you have from society. He just kind of breaks you through all of that and just gets you down to the core of what you want to do. Wow, so. they both sound fascinating. Neither of them are ones I've heard of before. So, uh, so I'll have yeah. to go and have a poke around on those on Amazon. Um, okay, the traffic top tip, Rebecca. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, I think the one to prize above all others is definitely email marketing. Because no matter what, you know, if even if your site is ranking really well in Google, the algorithms might change or, you know, Facebook might go away. Who knows? But if you have an email list, you're, you have control over that and you're always able to, you know, broadcast to that email list whenever you want. So I definitely think that's the most important thing is building up that list. Excellent advice that I wholeheartedly agree with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the tool top tip then, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Um, yeah, so when I was working with my VA, um, I used Asana, the project management app. And the reason that I used it is because, so like I mentioned before, I had um, her do the proofing for those guest books. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of those orders, you know, came through Etsy, but Etsy doesn't allow you to um, have multiple accounts for one shop. So I couldn't just have her like log in or whatever. So what I did was I worked with this other tool that's called Zapier. It's, um, it's basically a tool that, um, you know, allows different web apps to talk to each other. So anytime I got an email notification that there was an order through Etsy, it automatically, you know, through Zapier, it created a new task in Asana and it assigned it to the VA and it gave her all the information that she needed to put that proof together and send it over to the customer. How useful. <laughs> it really was because I was like, okay, great. I have this VA, but oh my God, how am I going to tell her? Like, I don't want to have to email her every time there's a new order. Like, that's just not a productive use of my time, you know, just kind of defeated the purpose. So yeah, just, I don't know. I researched it, I guess, and figured that out. Um, but I also, for um, scheduling, um, social media, I really like Buffer. Cool. Lots of tips there. And I have to say, the, yeah. uh, I have Asana and I have Z Zapier, but I didn't know yeah. they could talk to each other. So that's that's my afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on Zapier. And I think if you just search like Asana, they, you know, they're great at telling you all the different things, all the different yeah. zaps you can do, as they call them. We're, we're about to get slightly geeky about zaps. So I think yeah. I'm, I'm going to move on to the next tip yeah. question before, before we dis both disappear into a zap setup mode um, so the startup top tip if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first tip for them um this is a tricky question um i think first of all 
you know, doing product research is really important because you just want to make sure the product that you're selling is going to be something that someone actually wants to buy, right? I mean, that's just it's log- logical sense right there. Um, but, you know, also I don't... Uh, I don't want that to keep somebody from starting either. So I just tell people, you know, do some research and just get started. And you don't have to um, spend a lot of money up front on inventory. You can get your feet wet with drop shipping, you know, and just see how it goes from there. Excellent advice. Uh, now, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, Rebecca, before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know, know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yes. So um, there's a Bijou Rose website, and that's B-I-S-J-O-U-X-R-O-S-E.com. Um, and then I also have my own consulting business at BexCreative.com. That's B-E-X Creative.com. Excellent. And uh, I'm guessing with your consulting business, that's both about the Etsy world as well as the direct sales world? Yeah, so it's um, e-commerce marketing. So I help people, you know, get started and to um, grow their stores. Okay, cool. Well, um, I will add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use that search box. Rebecca, thank you so much. We've covered so much ground today. So it's been brilliant to have you on the e-commerce masterplan podcast. And you've you really have been very generous sharing thousands I think of tips if we were to count them all it's been great (laughs) thank you Chloe I'm so happy to to be on the show so thank you wow well I thoroughly enjoyed catching up with Rebecca there and finding out all about her alternative e-commerce experience to what we get a lot on the show but actually not that alternative experience from what a lot of people are out there experiencing um and I think it's, it's it has an interesting contrast with my discussion back in the uh, the 2017 e-commerce growth series sponsored by Vico back in January, where I chatted with Thomas Smale of FE International, and he was saying that you need about 50 grand to start an e-commerce site. Well, it's clearly the case with um, with Rebecca that she's she's earning a, a you know a good living, having a lot of fun by the sounds of it, working on some some very small or initially very small business ideas and starting them up. And I love the idea of her $100 startup. I might well have to go and look at that. So if you're, if you're trying to work out how to grow your own business or your own little startup or startup at all, then definitely take a think about uh, influencer marketing because that seems to be, especially in the fashion and accessory space as well as food space, seems to be a great way to go. What did you think of today's episode? Do you come and join in the discussion in the Facebook group, e-commerce masterplan world, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. As one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the e-commerce masterplan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends. Maybe Instagram, maybe you've got some other influencers you can put it out there with. Uh, I don't mind how you share it, but I'd love this to reach more people. Earlier this year, we published my brand new book, Customer Persuasion. And right now you can get the first chapter the first two chapters, in fact, totally free at customerpersuasion.co.uk. So head over there now and get started today. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.